Welcome to this Ocean Life podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Today's episode is sponsored by Shearwater Paddleboards, a family-owned company handcrafting prone paddleboards and surfboards up here in rugged Northern California. Check them out online at shearwaterpaddleboards.com. Now today in episode number 53, we continue our conversation that we started back in September of 2018 with Jen Lee, a woman of Oahu who raced across the Kaivi Channel from Molokai to Oahu on four different paddle craft in 2018. Now, Jen picks back up on her story towards the end of her race season as she joins a novice six-man outward canoe team to battle the best teams in the world in the Nawahine Okekai race. We hear the story of Jen's team challenging the field, working through the always gnarly Kaivi Channel and taking an epic inside line to the surf at Waikiki to make an amazing finish. Jen then takes us straight to California, where she immediately competes in SUP races of Battle of the Bay and Pacific Paddle Games, capping an incredible year of paddle racing. And of course, we talk pet chickens as well, one of my favorite topics. So thanks for sharing Jen's ocean life with us. Hope you're getting out in the water, having some fun. Now let's continue with the ocean life of Jen Lee. Uh, Jen Lee, welcome back to the podcast. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we uh, as we said in the in the first uh, part one of two, we kind of had a cliffhanger, right? In the first part of you, when you first came on back in September, um, you know, really the big focus was on some incredible stuff you had just done or in the middle of doing, um, which was you had paddled three different watercraft across the Kaivi Channel, which are folks listening in Molokai to Oahu and SUPOC1 Surfski. We talked a lot about cool stuff about that, but then you were still kind of mid-stride of a pretty epic year of doing more paddling. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. It was insane year. Um, <laughs> so busy. <laughs> so pick, pick up where we left off then. Oh, actually, actually, let me ask you this. Before you do that, before we, you pick off a pickup back and kind of September. Um, I'm curious. One of the things I was really interested in talking about too was was your pet chicken because I think chickens are cool and you have a pet chicken. So how is that pet chicken doing these days? Oh, he's doing amazing. Actually, he he woke up at 11 a.m. this morning. He likes to sleep in. He's probably a little mad at me right now because when he wakes up, he likes to get like all sorts of pets and cuddles. And I came out to the car after waking him up, so I might. I might be in the chicken dog house, oh, so to speak. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. You better go ahead. He's such a sweetie. He just likes to hang out and type on the computer. <laughs> he really <laughs> likes to peck my computer. Oh. And uh, he, sometimes he'll go to, like, Starbucks if it's the drive through with me. Or Yeah, he's... He's really fun. Wow. Way too much fun. And he was he was actually a you know, if you didn't listen to the first podcast, he was a um he was injured a day old and he was a wild chicken. So he's actually jungle fowl. Wow. Um, which is like sort of more closely linked to the prehistoric chickens, which are basically, <laughs> I think, like little dinosaurs. <laughs> so it's pretty rad. He's a total throwback. <laughs> He he really is, and it, huh. it's so funny because I think about like watching Jurassic Park, and I'm like, dude, they did so much CGI from chicken movements, right? <laughs> and it really, it's it's kind of funny uh-huh. to watch it in real life. Oh, <laughs> that's like, cool. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah. one of the things you should probably start but, uh, doing on the side is like start like how to train your chicken blog or something or write a book, man. I bet people will, <laughs> are interested in learning how. <laughs> I know I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, for him, it's just more of a like, I have to be the lead chicken. Like if he, yeah. <laughs> if he thinks he's the lead rooster, it is over. Oh. I will come out. Um, yeah, yeah, it was bruises. But, um, <laughs> but as long as he, he knows he's second in command and he has all of his, um, he can't have real hens because he's an urban rooster. And right. if they have hens, they crow. Oh. Um, so he has like his fake hens, which are his stuffed animals. <laughs> and then, uh, and then a, a couple of our other rescue birdies, he's really protective of. Like, he doesn't even have to see him. If anything seems even remotely off, he'll send out the warning sound. He's oh, pretty incredible. That's cool. Like Very that. cool. Um, right yeah, on. Right something. on. But, uh, yeah. Okay. But as far as him being well-trained by Western standards, like walking down the street with a yeah. leash, that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. He's got. He's doing a lot of other pretty cool things. He's. Pretty, we'll, we'll exempt him from that one. <laughs> so now let me ask you now, we'll kind of transition back to, uh, to the ocean here. Um, he rides in the car with you, but does he do the six-man canoe also? <laughs> You know, it's it's like thank God I'm not a real mom because I am the most protective <laughs> mother you could ever imagine. Like my poor kid would never get to do anything. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't I don't let our pets <sighs> near water just because I I've actually rescued some birds from drowning and yeah. it's really hard to keep them alive and so right, that right. Um, just scares me to death. Even though I know chickens know how to swim and he does like water, um, but I just in the ocean it's a different deal yep. ducks however i had a former co-worker who had a surfing duck oh yeah and i cool. think you can still find it on youtube they would take you know i worked out at canoes for a long time and he had these ducks that he'd bring to work on his moped and then they'd take them surfing at lunchtime <laughs> and they loved it it was so great <laughs> but ducks are a little bit more resilient in the water. I yeah. feel like chickens, I'm taking my chances. But, yeah, it's um, true. Ducks are a little more water-oriented. They really liked it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they oh. did well. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so now, um, now that we're all cut up on our birds, so thank you for that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no um, worries. So where we left off was, again, you had finished – uh, doing three Molokai crossings on different craft, you were getting geared up to now jump in the six-man uh, outrigger canoe and do another crossing. So, so pick up where we left off there. I believe it was like September-ish. Um, so go ahead and just launch in. What was that event? What team were you on? And just take us through how that went for you. Yeah, so I paddle um, six-man with Outrigger Canoe Club, and it's one of the more established clubs on the island. It's Probably, I would say, in recent years, definitely across the board, their programs have been the most successful for a club team in the world. Um, and so it's, you know, as that has happened, the programs got bigger and deeper. And um, sort of the running joke going into the Molokai race was it's going to be a bloodbath <laughs> across yeah. the board. Um, they're the first boat came in second overall for Nawahine Kai, which for those of you guys who don't know, that's pretty much, it's not the official world championship, yeah. but if for open ocean change racing, that is the race. That's it. Um, and to come in second is pretty yeah. insane. Um, 
And then they had the second boat, which was full of a lot of really experienced outrigger paddlers, many of whom had already, you know, won races like the Sydney Harbor Challenge, um, who had paddled in other first crew um, crossings and gotten top five. So they were incredibly competitive. Yeah. And then they had made a decision unbeknownst to us that they were going to keep the novice classified paddlers together, mm. which in spite of the fact that I've been racing stand up paddling for, you know, over 10 years at the elite level, I'm yeah. still a novice classified paddler. Got it. And, uh, and so they, um, they kept us all together, which is for, me trying to make the fourth crossing and, you know, say I did it yep. was so challenging mentally Why? because we had a steersman who's incredibly capable. I mean, unbelievable. Her feel is unmatched, yeah. I think, as far as being as new as she is. Right. But having someone who hasn't sat in the, sat in the back of a boat for over three hours going into the Molokai race, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was pretty stressed out about it. <laughs> And just, um, you know, that whole deal. And, and so it was, uh, to have a truly novice team is really unheard of. Got it. So, so you usually were, cons- they'll throw a- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So they usually they'll throw a boatload of novices if they do a novice team, which is kind of a new thing. A couple of clubs have played with it. And I think it's because outriggers been so successful in doing it in past years. Um, like our, our team had a novice team last year and I actually, I paddled with second boat last, you know, year before last or what have you, 2017. And, um, so I, I had a little easier because everybody knew their job. I just had to not screw them up. (laughs) Um, but then the rest of the novice girls had a team as well. And, um, they, you know, we were training together this year and, having really good training sessions there were a couple pieces where we were keeping up with first crew and uh and we were training together under the um coaching of pat dolan and um actually elizabeth perry who is one of the most amazing coaches you've probably Mm. never heard of but she's incredible at coaching novice paddlers and um and so you know we we were allowed to go to the really tough practices or a lot more of the really tough practices, whereas a lot of novice crews are not. And then we also had our steersmen be allowed to, you know, have a chance to hold their own for some of the really tough practices Yeah. and, you know, going up and down the wall, you know, out by Sandy's and whatnot. Yep. yep. Um, and so having had that experience and then going into a Molokai, um, it was really scary, but it also was so exciting because you get to cross with your best friends. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. And so everybody part, will, so sorry, so part of yeah. your like your nervousness, so to speak, was you know who you who know that water pretty well. I'd say maybe very well because you had already done it. I think three times that year, you've done done the channel crossing in the past. Was your kind of nervousness the fact that? You, again, you mentioned some of the folks in the boat just hadn't done uh, a, a long crossing. And that's, you know, I'm not sure what the time was. I'm guessing four to maybe six hours or something. 
Um, and also that water, the, tri the trickiness of the water itself, as we know, the Molokai channels is challenging. And so, so was that part of like, was that where your nervousness came from? Was that a lot of the folks just hadn't been through okay. that water before? Yeah, um, we had, it was so cool. I'm so grateful um, to have done it because getting to take, it was not only met quite a few of our crew that hadn't been across the boat had never been across too oh cool um we we got to take um the waikiki for its first crossing and we did have um three paddlers oh, three paddlers that had never been in the kaivi channel at all cool and then one of those was our steersman yeah wow. and that is crazy because you know from a steersman's perspective like wow um, a lot of people probably won't even believe that when I say it because yeah. that's unheard of to put a brand new, but she's that good. Right. Um, that's cool. And then our, our backup steersman, um, only backup because she's such a strong paddler. <laughs> we, we wanted her for paddling most of the way too, yeah. um, but, uh, She'd been out there once before, so it was a really like wet behind the ears team. And there was one, one um, more veteran paddler, but she had actually had brain surgery the year before. Whoa! So um, yeah, so we were really like the little, yeah. the little boat that could. And yeah. then um, you know, going in, we'd had some really good practices, and we just kept looking at each other, going, "I think we can do really well." We just you know kept up with them on that piece and. You know, I know it's the channel, but I think we have a chance. And yeah. That was uh, to be able to do that as a group and all play equal roles, um, you know, rather than coming up into a boat and, yeah, you know, right. you're the newbie and sure. everybody's done it for a really long time. Yeah. Was something that I don't think I'll ever forget. And yeah. He actually came in 14th. So it was. It's right. pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean a great a great finish, um, a result, but also that kind of camaraderie of being, like you said, not an individual in a boat of people, but like a crew who you knew intimately, you've been working with, and then you know, like you said, the little boat that could, you know, the expectations for your boat were probably, you know, everybody knew you were gonna do it, but you did really well and like how special is that that you guys, you know, basically came in fourteenth after all of that. How cool. It was Actually, we came off the line in the top five. Yeah. Ocean Paddler TV didn't know who we were. <laughs> they thought we yeah. were a crew that had rented the boat. No um, way. We were kind of freaking out because um, we we didn't expect to be up there. And luckily, none of the girls knew who was around us. Like, I've been around canoe paddling because of all the winter races long enough. I know who first crew Huinalu is and for first crew Lonnie Kai and yeah. you know Team Japan and all these crews and I'm looking alongside and I'm like holy like, moly like, that's outrigger first crew that's team Bradley over there and we're like holding our own and yeah. for the first 45 minutes we were solid top um top 10 yeah that's and then epic. you know the channel opened up and some of the more experienced right. steersmen of course yep. um pulled ahead and luckily we we got to follow um, Denise Darvel Chang's boat, and she's such an amazing steerswoman that, you know, our coach is just like, 
to our steersman, like copy her and, yeah. and our steersman did. And so that really put us on a really good line. And actually our two crews, not first crew, first crew came in second, but our, our second and novice crews, like we were both battling it out the whole way, which made for this yeah. like, kind of epic showdown. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty much something. We ended up chasing each other through the surf in Waikiki. No way. And uh, oh yeah, and it was kind of terrifying because I know all those surf breaks really really well. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're going through. Um, I think the the two worst spots that we almost got creamed at were um, not suicide graveyards. Uh-huh. We almost got barreled at graveyards. Oh. Which in a six man racing canoe is not good. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, and at fours, we nearly got caught, but we uh, we made it just over in the nick of time. It was wow. pretty radical. Action. Wow. So, so a couple of questions then. So, for one, um, it, the, I don't know the exact of the course. I mean, I know, you know, M2O is is basically Molokai, you know, Kolokoi Beach straight to uh, like Chana Wall into the harbor. This is a different route. Is that right. correct? Okay. What t- describe yeah, that, so that the, this route? Yeah, so the six-man race leaves from Haleolono Harbor, okay. which makes it a lot easier, yeah. you know, to for people to get out on a boat and to load equipment and whatnot. Um, it does add a few miles. It's such a cool drive out there in the morning because you've got this amazingly long line of cars. Oh, cool! Going down and you know the dust bowl down into this dirt road right. down to this harbor that you know is fairly remote. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then you have this energy of, you know, they have the, the group prayer and everything. And then you're, you're getting all of the canoes into the water. And, uh, I actually didn't get to start year before last this year. I got to start. Um, oh, cool. and that experience was pretty intense because you're, you know, if you're by being a novice crew, we were, you know, technically the third ones, you know, the last boat in the water for yep. our team yep. because you want to get first crew in you want to make sure you have all hands on deck for the COA, which is, which was second crew. And that boat, um, I got to cross in that boat the year prior and, you know, Duke Kahanamoku had paddled in that. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, that's cool. And, uh, so, so we always, you know, want to make sure we take care of our COA. And, um, and so then you want to help the juniors get in because they're juniors. Yep. And then, so, you know, we're the last, yeah. The last boat. Oh, you're man. just trying to <laughs> get a spot the starting other, line. over other boats to Yeah. Yeah, to make sure you make it to the starting line on time. Last year they didn't. Oh, you know, geez. the year before. So um we were definitely like, Okay, we're just gonna carry this boat over the other boats in its way and just like, yeah. make it work. Go for um, it. to to get to the start line. Um but yeah, it just uh that experience and you're going down, you know, you have about, I wanted to say like at least the first half hour, first 40 minutes is going along the Island of Molokai, okay. which is the difference. And yep. then you're, you're a little bit further South, which doesn't right. really matter because your um, finish point is actually at the Hilton Hawaiian village. Oh, cool. So you're finishing a lot further South too. So you could take a direct line or you could, um, paddle to Hawaii Kai and yeah. go in Got it. and like do a, it's like, it would be like doing M2O with an additional couple miles right. to start 
and then doing a Hawaii Kai run to finish it off. Yeah, got um, it, got it. So what's the total length then of the course uh, that you guys did with your line? I believe it's like 41 and a half. Yeah, gotcha, say. gotcha. And then what were the conditions like? I mean, you mentioned at the end in Waikiki there's surf. Um, talk about that, the swell, but also just the conditions in the channel. What was it like? The channel was... Um, mellow but challenging so there was just enough bump and the current was pretty much going the opposite way mm -hmm. um but it was pretty small which really played in our favor had it been a bigger channel we would have been quite a bit slower just yeah because if you haven't ever been in that channel before sure. and you're trying to steer yep. it takes a minute to figure out those swells and which ones to choose and which ones to go for and yeah you know even though a few of our girls had been out there a few times. Um, it, you know, it's still that water's different every time you're yeah, out there. Yep, for sure. So, Got um, it. So it wasn't so yeah, too bad it, of a uh, course. It was some current, but in terms of the service conditions, it was it was okay. And then yeah. as you got closer, like, was there swell? So you guys were kind of dodging waves and timing sets as you came in. Um, we didn't time it. Our coach was screaming Just at us. went like, for it. <laughs> she, she was like, she looked over at Team Kailua who went, it was Kailua Masters, I think, that went outside and she knew the Koa was like hunting us down because the Koa was actually behind us. Um, <laughs> and they did not want us to beat them and we didn't <laughs> want them to beat us. And, um, we're all teammates and, you know, that's a tough one at the end of the day, but um, yeah, she just screamed. She was like, they're scared. You're not. Go. No way. That's so <laughs> and, rad. And the worst part is I was sitting three. And so, you know, I, I worked on surf canoes in Waikiki. So I kept like mentally wanting to go for the AMA. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I could hear her screaming from the boat. Luckily I can look and paddle really hard at the same time. <laughs> the skill i have right <laughs> like jen if you look at that wave one more time i'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you just white knuckled it and you're like here we go and just dug in and bore down and just yeah went for it yeah and it was hilarious because i was like once we cut directly through sandbar we i mean we cut straight through tongs straight through the sandbar straight through pretty much everything we even like we shot the gap at Sleepy Hollows, passed Suey's, nearly got barreled at Graveyard, <laughs> shot the gap at Tongs, um, cut straight through Sandbar, straight through Castles. Um, finally, like kind of skirted the back of the Natatorium. There's a surf break there. And my boyfriend likes to surf a lot, actually. Um, yeah. That's pretty gnarly if it's going. And so we get through all of that and we get into Waikiki and I'm just like breathe this sigh of relief right? oh, man. <laughs> and and nope we're gonna cut straight through pops paradise threes fours wow. <laughs> the whole finished. way and it, it was it was pretty epic I yeah I am very appreciative for that experience I'm glad we didn't get creamed because right. uh, the koa actually got swamped at, oh. at fours but they made it out which wow. is good yeah. you don't really want to get washed in at fours because of the reef right there but right. um right yeah did any yeah, boats was, have big trouble did any yeah did any boats get no. sustain any damage no, we, oh good yeah yeah none of our boats had any issues and 
hopefully everybody else went around. <laughs> we were pretty into racing each other at that point. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's so cool. So then overall, so you ended 14th. What was the time, your, your guys' time for finishing? Oh, gosh. I should have come prepared with that information. Uh, it's okay. Ballpark. What is it like? I'm just curious. Is that four hours? Is that six hours? What, what does that take? You know, the, um, the funny part is I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> I did so many races last year. Yeah, you got numbers flying around your head. That's all right. I could look it up too. Yeah. I was just kind of curious, you know, because I, I think it's, it was six hours and something. Hold yeah. On, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah, no, that's cool. What an yeah, epic Yeah, so the lead adventure. team came in. Team Bradley won with a 548.28. Our, our first crew came in a minute behind them. Wow. And then our, our COA was um, 15th with a time of 623.23, and we were 14th at 621.34. Oh, that's so good. Um Cool. Yeah, so it was it was pretty pretty nuts. Um and you're you know, you're in the boat a lot. Yeah. So it you know, it seems like you're not, but it, you're really doing like fifteen to thirty minutes of high intensity. Oh yeah. Jumping out, getting, you know, yeah. fifteen minutes of water and then you're back in. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Um, it's, and it's, then those changes become really important too. So right. it's good. Yeah, how fun, how yeah. fun. So you you have this really great um, event with your, your crew in the six man, this, at, at this point of last year in 2018, that was the fourth time you crossed the Kaivi channel, right? Yeah. In that year. Yeah. Right. And it was, yeah. And I think when we finished, when we finished, I, I have a finished photo and it's just like, you know, um, we were all crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, we, we like, let out this huge scream and just started bawling. <laughs> like yeah. we did the women's team sports. Um, so it was, I think the high, if, yeah. if you're out there and listening, like when you're in a good outrigger team and you're having a good race, like that high is unlike anything else. Yeah. You could win world championships in a one person sport right. and it will be nothing. Yeah. Near the yeah. high of doing something like that with your best friend. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like it. That's cool because um, so many of our paddle sports are individual, you know, I mean, a good chunk of them. And, and, you know, you get a lot of value out of, you know, everybody talks about some of their favorite aspects of racing and just endurance paddling is when you're done, when you're hanging out, when you're talking, when you're, you know, just a camaraderie. And I can only imagine how, how much like that team sport the team aspect of a six man of that event would just like magnify um the the a the whole experience and b like the the result you get and how cool that is it's just different than doing it by doing something you know by yourself yeah yeah it really is and the only thing i have to warn about and you just have to go in knowing this that when it doesn't go well, yeah, it's right. also magnified. Sure. So, I bet. Um, I bet. so the highs are like the most epic highs you ever had, and when it's low, you got to just take a step back and yeah. be like, "Yep, that was a rough experience, and it yeah. didn't feel good." Because when, right, you know, when you're not paddling at the same time as one another, or not yep. hitting as hard as the other person, like it doesn't feel good, and the boat doesn't feel like it's moving, and yeah. it's yeah. so frustrating. 
That's right. But it really, the, the good times and when it feels really good, that moment, it's like flying on water. There's yeah. no other way to describe it. Like that, the rhythm and the, yeah. And then the com- camaraderie on top of it, the friendships I've made yep. through Outrigger are so much deeper, right. I think. And right. it's part, partly because we all spend so much time together. I think as adults, we get pretty like sectioned off in our own world. Yeah. Good point. And, you know, showing up at a team situation yeah. where you're not in control, you have a coach in control. Yep. That's, right. It's priceless. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. So you finished this really rad event and it's very memorable. And then not that long after in terms of time, you get on a plane and you come over here to California into a slightly different environment, uh, the San Francisco Bay, which is cold and <laughs> not bright blue and warm and everything for, uh, and, and back to an individual event, right, with the, uh, the Battle of the Bay. Yeah. You know, I love that event. Um, Stephen Pugh always does such a great job. And um, the Bay is always beautiful that time of year. I, yeah, it is. You know, I went to UC Berkeley for grad school, so I, oh, you know, cool. I know my way around the city. Yeah. So yeah, actually, I think we went to the same college. You're, you went to Davis, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, you did too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it just going back to Northern California, and you know, um, I just love that water. It's such a incredible combination of gnarly and beautiful and um it's fun if there's a little wind because you can downwind sometimes and it um i was so happy he went 14 foot this year because the 14 footers are so much fun to paddle in that water and yeah it was pretty epic like um we took off and i didn't realize it was fleet week oh and so there was a aircraft carrier with all the sailors out standing at attention as we're paddling up and i wish i had like not been so focused and actually looked up i you know my thoughts are don't get anywhere near the giant boat yeah (laughs) (laughs) but my mom is getting pictures because she came out with me and like you know they're all in their dress white standing at attention and as we're paddling by which we through my the surf school that I run with my better half, um, it, we serve a lot of military. So that means a lot to me. Right. That's cool. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, that was pretty epic. And then there was a cruise ship right behind it. I didn't see any wildlife this time, which was um, (laughs) good. I've seen wildlife there before and gotten pretty up up close and personal, um, which isn't always, it's really good for adrenaline rushes, but not, not really settling um and yeah the the paddle around the golden gate was really nice and mellow this year and just came back into you know Ghirardelli square and that was that was really nice i actually was feeling pretty burnt out by the time i did that race yeah Um, long year they yeah and the the airline lost my paddle oh no so i each night i i arrived and waited at the airport till almost midnight had to get up at five or six a.m and do a bunch of stuff and then they didn't arrive till the following day and i was at the airport again till almost midnight so long in fact that i am instagram friends with the jet blue 
baggage claim person. Actually, she does some amazing traveling and really takes cool pictures. <laughs> There's a silver lining there. You found a new friend while you're waiting every night for your paddles to show up. <laughs> exactly. But by the time the race happened, I was a little bit fried, but um, it was actually that race is really interesting from a pro standpoint because usually only fast people show up, right. like really fast people, and yep. there's no, um, there's, None of the, you know, or very few of the pros who are slightly slower. So you could be like dead last and be really quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. I was, I was, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting one. It's one that I've always had to like kind of swallow my pride on and just be like, okay, you're just going to paddle your butt off and really enjoy this. And yeah. Yeah. Probably get some world rankings points and, you know, um, and I was really happy. I kept up with the draft pack for a fair bit and then the fatigue hit and I still t- stayed pretty close to Olivia Piano, which I was really happy about. And, um, cool. and then Epic was there dem- demoing skis. So I got to like hop on their new, um, V10, which was really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm you know, happy to see some other vendors there. Yeah, yeah. That's great. You know, the Bay is cool. San Francisco Bay, you know, for folks listening and I, I'm, you know, I'm not that far away in Santa Cruz, an hour ish. And we never, I never go do uh, my crew down here. We, I don't, maybe a couple people have been up there to do Battle of the Bay because the same time, usually it's like paddle season for like us here is kind of over <laughs> because there's like, you're starting to get yeah. waves yeah. and you've paddled all summer. And then we have one final kind of like little race here in Santa Cruz like a week before. Uh, and so it's never really on the radar, but paddling, I've done a Hennessy. Um, when the Hennessy, like, I guess it was the championship or something, whatever, nine in 2009 or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something way back I when and battling the, or battling, paddling the bay is cool. You know, it's like, uh, it's just different because it's, yes, the conditions are variable, like everywhere, you know, there's current and tide and wind, but then there's like, what I noticed is then there's ships and you're like, maybe there's a lot of big boats. And there's small boats, but it adds another like a dimension of like choppiness. It depends if that boat's, if you're crossing the bay, if it's coming at you, if it's side chopping. So it's like all the conditions, natural conditions, and then the boats themselves. It's just kind of like interesting dynamic in the water. Yeah, very interesting. In fact, I remember one year off the back of Alcatraz got a little sketchy. It was like we were trying to race one of the ferries. Oh yeah. I'm sure they didn't us very yeah. much. <laughs> and we knew that if we didn't beat the ferry, then we weren't ever going to be able to catch up to the pack. That's and right. I, yep. I did catch up to the pack and I did beat the ferry, but that was so stupid. The <laughs> 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 ferry can't stop very quick. No, I know. <laughs> I know. It's funny. You know, it's a different, you don't think about like real, that, that kind of stuff where, Oh, there's a boat coming. Like, when you're paddling in normal waters, maybe there's a sailboat or a motorboat, but much more maneuverable. But these things, they're 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 freaking barges, they're container ships, they're aircraft carriers. It's crazy. I remember yeah. in the Hennessy actually. I remember it was the Hennessy. It was like a nine mile loop, so it wasn't long or far. It was actually pretty warm out. I remember, but I get I get I get I cramp really bad, and I have a lot of different like in like hammer nutrition Ooh. things I take. And I didn't know any of that back then. And this is, you know, 10 years ago almost. And I remember it was like the last two-mile stretch coming back towards Alcatraz from Angel Island, which is the east side of the bay. And I had like a full 
double leg lockout where it's like every freaking muscle, like, you know, your calves, your feet are pointed because your calves all the way up in your hamstrings, you know, and that you can't, you're almost like immobile. It's weird. You know, I'm prone paddling. And back then, now I just keep going. I just start like whimpering and feeling sorry for myself and it goes away. But (laughs) back then I just like, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh, I should stop and stretch, you know? And I, so I stopped, which is stupid, but I did. And then I realized, I'm like, dude, I'm right in the middle of the bay and there's boats going this way and that way. And I was like, oh, so you just got to keep going because these boats are not going to (laughs) stop. Yeah, it's crazy. They've actually had some of that out in the Kaivi channel too. Really? And uh, I think that there was something this year, but I'm not sure – I'm not sure what happened, so I'm not going to repeat it. But yeah. something this year, it was a big fishing boat, I think. Oh, wow. But the year before, um, and they were on the radios talking to us, which was good. Um, but, yeah, and it, like full-blown U.S. nuclear sub came up. <laughs> we were like, what? Wow. <laughs> Please don't hit a giant submarine. Gnarly. <laughs> They just popped up, so you guys are doing. <laughs> like, you do know there's a canoe race right now. Like, there's a lot of things that you may or may not be able to see on sonar. Wow. <laughs> or not fish. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, that's cool. Um, that's way cool. Nice. Yeah. So you, you come to California. You do um, Battle the Bay your SUP, you know, solo here. And then you right after what a week or two after down to Pacific paddle games down in Dana point. Yeah, it was, it was one week apart. So yeah, I headed down to PPG and actually like sometimes I'll treat those kind of races, like just to give myself some downtime. So I like, you know, the cool part about Southern California is sometimes you can find like pretty nice hotels for really cheap yep like i found a marriott that was like 100 bucks a night and it was kind of a little bit of a drive to the race venue but i was like yeah whatever and um and that was really nice so i had some downtime got to go surf some waves with Mohini, which was really nice um the race day i was like not even there really (laughs) you were i ran into I was talking to Shannon Bell later. She goes, you did not look happy. I was like, I just wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah. I was there, but not, not there. And, uh, actually it was pretty cool because PPG and, um, battle of the paddle, I would always have like the worst luck. Um, for some reason, that style of surf racing, I've had surf races where I've done just fine, but, that has never been one of them. And I've, it's always been like something happens, like a bobble, a fall. Um, it, back in the Battle of the Paddle days, like a guy falling off in front of me and clinging to my board. Oh, like, geez. <laughs> yeah. Just, like crazy stuff. And I would just miss the cutoff. I remember one year, like, you know, Olympic gold medalist Christina Zor. Yeah. was behind me in the standings and I still didn't make the cutoff for the final. And like, that's crazy right. <laughs> when you think about it. But, um, so this year I actually, in spite of the fact that I really didn't feel like I was there, I qualified for the final. Cool. Um, the unfortunate part was in qualifying for the final, I broke a toe on my back foot. Oh geez. Um, How'd you do that? So, yeah. And I, 
didn't really, you know, it didn't hurt that bad. I just taped it up and was like, I'll do my thing. And I didn't really realize how much that does definitely affect your balance. And so I didn't have a good go at all in the final. Right, in right. Fact, um, I got my butt completely kicked and ended up on course by myself, like begging the course officials, like, please, I just need to finish this for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, so right, sorry. right. I'm making you wait, but um, I just got beat up by a 10-wave set that they snuck through, and it, it's just a stupid, silly injury, but mentally, I just need to finish this Gotta race. Gotta finish it, yeah. Um, and and that, was, that was sort of the end of my season. So it was, I was really actually happy because I... I think sometimes in those moments where it's hard and it's embarrassing and you're handling adversity, That's right. I think those are the moments where you grow a lot as a person. Like yeah. I, sometimes I seek out those moments. Like I would always go to the Maui gym ocean shootout yeah. to force myself to handle that kind of adversity. But um, sometimes the opportunity pops up where you have no choice. And that was one of those moments. And um it, you know, it sucked, but it was also strangely enjoyable. Um, yeah, yeah. Once I hit the beach and all the girls are so sweet, they're cheering for me and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get oh, it. I mean, <laughs> it's full on character building. You know, those times are tough, but you can wallow in your sorrow for yourself or you can take it as a, a character builder. But one thing too, like, don't ever, you know, some of us forget this and I got to remind myself is that it's still the ocean and the ocean does not care if you're going to, if you have a great time, the ocean doesn't care if Jen, this is your last race of an epic year. It's not, it doesn't mean anything to the to the ocean, does yeah. it, you know, it's not going to be any nicer to you. It's, it might even be, t- no. you know, it's, it is what it <laughs> but, is, you know, and one day could be the best day ever. The, the next the day be- could be just gnarly, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. The beautiful thing in all of that was that in spite of all of that, like I caught some really fun waves out there. Yeah, that's right. So I sort of hit the beach and was like, you know, like to the photographers that I knew, like, gosh, I know you were probably like taking photos of Candace, but I really (laughs) wish somebody got a picture of me on that wave. That was a really fun wave. And like, no matter what's happening around you or what you're in, I think that's really the only thing that's actually real is those moments where you're having fun on the water, right? Well, yeah. All the rest of it, um, you know, at the end of the day, we've got our friendships and we've got those moments. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, we, we so all, I, yeah, it was, it's good to remind, remember that, you know, as, as fun as the competitive stuff can be and it get, keeps you, you know, it keeps you healthy, it keeps you focused, it keeps you training and gives you a nice purpose. But in the end, if you look back, you picked up a paddle and I picked up a, you know, prone, whatever board because it was fun, <laughs> you know, and when we're old and yeah. and we can't race and so we, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing it because it is fun, <laughs> you know? So it's good to have those yeah. mo- moments when you, re- when we, we remember that. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so so Jen, yeah, you, that was, yeah, it's super epic. So you wrapped up a rad year. So now you took some time off, probably, I'm hoping. Now here we are in February of 2019. So let me ask you, what's this year looking like for you? Is it as um, aggressive and just amazing, like with your goals as last year? Or what are you thinking? Yeah, you know, this year is really interesting. I don't know um, 
if you've been paying attention to it, but SUP is sort of in this interesting transition place. Um, and it's, for me, the funny thing was, was the first board I got back on or boat or what have you really was my SUP. And mm. I think last year I didn't have enough time on it to really learn how to paddle a dugout. Like yeah. I, like I knew, but not really. Um, because there's a little bit of a learning curve and I've yep. been bonding with my dugout and just having so much fun, um, which um, is good and bad. The good part is, is it's all about fun. The hard part is, is we just learned that a lot of the big races that were the premier races in, you know, in the world um, are now only qualifiers for a new world uh, well not really new but yep. um one that's existed but not not one that i've you know been participating in because i you know tend to want to pick things on my schedule that are either in locations i really like yeah. or paddling conditions that i really think are going to be fun because at the end of the day um especially with the kind of work i do like i don't just spend money to go there it right. costs me money too because i'm not working at home and hawaii's incredibly expensive to live so yeah yeah um i have to be strategic about these things so um we sort of got that news last week um yeah. so i'm kind of pausing to take a moment i was gonna go down to australia and go to tahiti but um i think i'm gonna just take a minute and really train hard and sort of see what comes up i'm really wanting to do more racing abroad cool um and uh and sort of see you know i really want to focus on downwinding i'm not yeah you know there's there's gonna be an age cut off here pretty soon it it maybe hasn't happened yet i probably have a few more years where horse racing and stuff doesn't matter but i can already see it when the conditions are really challenging for people i do a lot better sure um and when they're not so challenging and reading the water is less of a factor then of course that that changes a little bit and the older you get the more the more important that becomes and yeah. so really choosing my races wisely but cool also you know thinking about if it's if it's listed as an amateur race now like is it really worth you know, spending $3,000 to attend that race or should yeah. I go somewhere where it's an elite race? And, yep. you know, that's something I'm going to have to sit down and see, you know, some of those were my favorite races on the calendar, but they're quite pricey. And yep. so just kind of taking a pause, they have a really cool um, thing coming up here where they're having tryouts for the, um, what? What's the governing body? I just blanked on it. IVF. Oh yeah. IVF World Championship. Uh huh. Cool. And so the the V one tryouts are here, and uh, they're in like a month and a half. So really trying to get back on the canoe and play with new toys and nice. you know I'll probably um, you know there's some girls who are really amazing. Two of them are pregnant right now, so there might be a small chance, but there's also <laughs> another bunch of amazing girls. So, um, so you know, the chances of qualifying maybe aren't really there, but being able to go compete and and try is really, really cool. Heck yeah, um, for sure. And that's coming up. And uh, then you've got um, Koanui 
for the one man canoe. And then uh, the sub season, I think I haven't seen the press releases. Everything has been pretty quiet on the sub scene. So it makes it hard to plan, but um, you know, I'm really holding out hope and prayers that Molokai to Oahu is still on the schedule. Yeah. I definitely want to do that. And really, since I'm staying close, little closer to home for a moment, I really want to put some time and effort into really trying to do well. Nice. In that and M2M and um, sort of see later in the season, maybe I will go to the mainland, but if I don't, you know, there's, there's two more Pilolo channel races happening. Oh, there's cool. always, I, and, um, I would really love to do the, the doctor and King of the cut down in Australia. Oh man. Yeah. That'd be um, epic. Yeah. And I knew you were going to ask me this question today and I was really <laughs> stumped with it because I'm pausing to take a breath. Um, because not only that's not the only problem with everything changing and stuff. It's like, what boards do I order? Oh yeah, that for sure. A few thousand dollars. Like yeah. I'm just seeing money that I don't have, like <laughs> flying into there. Um, but I was kind of thinking like, maybe I could make my own really fun, like, you know, try to go to races that are downwind. Like South Africa has the most epic downwinding in the entire world. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling there's probably a sub race or two down there. Like, yep, how yep. cool would that be? Or, you know, like Portugal also has some really pretty epic downwinding and just maybe getting myself to think a little bit out of the box. I'd really love to go to Tahiti, but yep. rather than think of, okay, well, this is where the rankings are and this is where this, that, and yeah. the other is yep. like, what about getting myself excited, but also others excited too? Cause I think, the more elite it gets, the right. harder it is sometimes to get people in yep, yep. to the sport. For sure. And For I sure. think what's really going to grow up and prone paddleboarding actually is really sort of a new grassroots movement aimed at getting people into the sport. Even if that takes, you know, creating races where almost like Battle of the Paddle Days where elite showed up because everybody wants to be inspired but also having like novice races yeah so not just age group because i think people go into the age group races thinking oh okay well it's age group it's not pro i'm fine and then people coming down from the pro ranks into the age group races yeah right and winning right and the people coming in you know on their like backyard boards going oh shoot now i have to yeah now i have this to get a board yeah. and right and i couldn't even paddle from the start to the finish and right you know right. like and then that if there's not enough people in there you take away people's ability to create and set goals for themselves and once you do that people just aren't interested yep so you know what i've a long time in my head thought, well, gosh, if you put in a novice division and have a novice course, which a lot of successful races have kind of done, um, like Carolina Cup and um, the old Battle of the Paddle used to do this, where, yeah. you know, but also adding board length divisions that, like, everybody, you know, if you sign up, probably you'll get a medal in something. Yeah. where you know you can use your backyard board you don't have to have a race board like mm -hmm. if you have a nine six then you're in the nine to ten foot division and if you have a ten six you're in the ten to eleven foot division and 
they hand out trinket medals that cost the race organizers nothing, but then suddenly people can create goals for themselves. You know, next, next race, I want to beat that guy or that yep. girl. Yeah, or, that's right. You know, I want to get second in my age group, not third. And, and then, you know, later they go, Oh, well maybe, maybe I want a race board, but I don't want to be in 14 class because, you know, a lot of the crazy age groupers go in 14, so right. I'll get a 12, six. And that's more manageable for me anyway, in the wind and whatnot. And, uh, and then sort of creates a platform for which people that can enter the sport without feeling so alone and discouraged and just, um, you know, like they're, they're undergunned, yeah. so to speak in terms yeah. of skills and equipment. Yep. No, I get um, it for sure. And then having, yep. go ahead. I think a killer raffle is also a good part of that. Like we have this race, uh, series here that like they just get sponsors to donate a ton of prizes like oh, you yeah. can win beer you can win um gift cards to restaurants and all all kinds of really good stuff i mean beer's like the lower price but sometimes if you win early you can get really good um <laughs> and then everybody like rochambeau's for maui gyms at the end of the race yeah that's and, cool you know yeah so it ends up like not the same people go home with swag every time right right and and you still get your results and you spend like a saturday or sunday with friends so i hope i hope somebody out there that's hearing this um takes that and runs with it because i think um that's where we're really gonna see the support for the sport that'll grow us and keep us going long term yeah um, yeah no i agree and, and it's the community yeah, piece that so. the, the community factor i think is what you know, where paddling started and where I think it's going to end up as the, the money involved with paddleboarding grows and, and diminishes and who knows what's next. Um, I think this, the community sort of grassroots is where, what will sustain the whole thing. And I see more of that. I mean, where we are, you know, my group, we put on a downwinder for almost 10 years now and it's just that it's like, it's like very few categories. It's mostly just get out in the water and go. And it's a gnarly world-class race, 14 miles downwind and it's burly and there's white sharks and there's kelp and it's cold and it's just rad. And we get people from all over the world come do it. But it's also the community part, which is at the end, you know, it's, it's people are just stoked to do something, the new, the first timers. And then like the legends who've been doing gnarly things all around the world, you know, and it's just, that's, ultimately what everybody's seeking in paddling i think whether you're making a ton of money yeah. doing it or you're just jumping out in the weekends everybody wants that kind of community and camaraderie that aligns all of us you know and so to your point i think you know all those ideas you had are great in terms of how to structure these races um but i do agree that it's going to be up to like you know, the local paddle club in Lake Michigan or wherever, if they're like, look, we got to get more people in the water. Let's just make a race. And those things keep popping up all over, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. if you're out here in Santa yeah. Cruz in May, or you want to come back out and, um, we have every, every May, this year, May 18th, that Saturday is our, our downwinder. Um, anyway, it's really rad. Um, and lots of fun. So, but, Oh, awesome. Yeah. I did yeah. not know about that. I yeah. Will, you're, I will look into it and, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll put maybe, you up. maybe something stay. will come out of this. We'll have like a little downwind world tour. Yeah. Oh, that'd be <laughs> epic. That would be very cool. Very, very cool. Well, Jen, it's been great, um, catching back up and as you know, things 
evolve. Maybe we'll get you back on towards the, towards the end of this year and see what what 2019 how that played out for you. But I, I just appreciate you sharing everything and appreciate your perspective on um, all these different you know paddle sports and uh, just you're inspirational for pushing it. So so thank you so much. Ah, uh, thank you so much, and it's so much fun to chat with you. And uh, I hope everybody who's on the mainland in cold places is staying warm, and those of us who can get out and paddle. <laughs> yeah. And some of my friends in really cold places are getting out and paddling anyway, <laughs> and uh, it's it's awesome to see. I I brag about some of my friends in Canada. Canadians will come surfing with us, and oh, they'll, yeah. I'll be like, "You can go home and do this," and they're like, "No, I can't." And I was like. Yeah, I have my friend Dan, and he paddles in Toronto in February. Yeah, so I'm pretty gnarly. sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's possible. He's he's pretty amazing, but you can do it too. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> anyways, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, say hi to Santa Cruz for me. Right on, Jen. We'll see you out here one day soon. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. All right, take care. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please, you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate, you know, spreading the word. Uh, give us a nice little rating on the, uh, your podcast app and uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.